Wednesday, 9th of March, 2022. Welcome to Popcorn for One, your fortnightly film podcast. I hope you've all had an alright two weeks. A lot's gone on in the world. So I'm here to tell you, it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to have anxiety and it's okay to feel absolutely petrified about what's going on. Because let's be honest, the majority of us, that is what's happening. So I'm here to distract you for about half an hour, maybe an hour this week. And we're just going to go through what we normally do. We are going to discuss what I've been watching at home and at the cinema. We're going to discuss what you've been watching at home and at the cinema. Then we're going to talk about something that happened to me at the cinema. And then we are going to look at this fortnight's big review which is pretty obvious what that's going to be based on the fact that it's the only thing that's currently out. So without further ado, let's move on and let's talk all about films. It's time for me to talk about what I've been watching in the last fortnight. There's 10 films in total, so you're going to get nine little mini reviews and then a big one at the end. Right, let's have a look through what we've been watching, shall we? So, started off pretty light-hearted. I've been mentioning it to a few people to watch recently. And I was sitting there, I was just like, no, I need something that's 90 minutes, I need something fun. And I decided to watch Hunt for World People. I haven't seen it in a couple of years, so I thought, yeah, I'll just put it on. And it was really weird, because I've been watching all of Peaky Blinders. And Sam Neill's been pretty dark in season one and season two. And then suddenly he's in this, being gangster and being Uncle Hack. It was just, oh. oh. And uh, Reese Darby, when he comes out of that bush, and he goes, am I a man? Am I a bush? Ha <laughs> oh. It's brilliant. And the gangster bit, uh, the whole thing's just pure joy. I mean, I know that some of you have never seen Hunt for World People and probably wouldn't get it at all, but it's Tyker's perfect balance of love and comedy and he just gets it right he always does and I know I love that man but he really really does get that right in his films doesn't matter what he does in anything else in his life his films are perfection and it's exactly what you need on a Monday evening just sitting there going like ah some world of people yay New Zealand looks beautiful anyhow in it so I want to run away (laughs) there I will do one day I promise Next was an advanced screening of Ali and Ava at Cineworld. Well, there wasn't that many people there, which actually surprised me because Ali and Ava is now out with a film that we'll talk about in a bit. Um, but obviously it's out and no one's going to see it. And so I decided to go and see it in advance because I thought, oh, am I actually going to... It's actually going to be out. Turns out it's not. I made the right decision. If someone landed on planet Earth... And asked you, right, I know nothing about this place. Show me a perfect example of what current life is where you live right now. And I would put them in front of Ali and Ava because it talks about how life's happy and we all live in our little bubbles. But it also talks about, like, the depreciation of certain lives and certain values and mental health and certain opinions and certain people. And also, in fact, that British people always sit there and go, like, oh, I live in blah, and you go... Really? And you're like, yeah, but not the dodgy part. Why do we do that? We always do that. I mean, where I live, I live in the right part. It's not that dodgy. I mean, there's one road I wouldn't walk down to get to mine in the evening. It's a bit... Uh, but, you know, 
we do that. And it's so well acted and you felt like you were intruding a little bit into actual real people's lives because it was so well acted and it was just so thought-provoking. There was a lot of moon shots and landscape shots that were all very nice and very idyllic. And then later when you found out why that was the case, you're like, oh, oh, okay, now that makes sense now. And, yeah, it's just modern British life in a 95-minute film. So that's always good. And it does it quite well. And then didn't see anything in that gap. I then went and saw Cyrano at the cinema as well. Um, I was so wrong going to see Cyrano when, when about a year ago someone told me that Ben Mendelsohn's going to be singing in period costume as a villain. And I went, I need that. I need that in my life. I need to watch that because that's going to be either car crash or perfection. And I completely forgot Mendelssohn was in it. <laughs> I mean, okay, when it turns out you go, oh, okay, Mendelssohn, yes. Uh, but how Dinklage has not got an Oscar nominee for his performance in this. He's better than Bardem, absolutely. I mean, I've not watched Denzel, but he's better than Bardem, definitely. It's a travesty. He should be up for it. He won't win. It should go to Will Smith. But the English should be up for it. It's so brilliant because he's got so much to do and you fall in love with him and you feel sorry for him and you just want it to work out and you want no relationship to work and you don't want this happening and you don't want that. And, okay, at one point it was like, few too many rhyming couplets here. This has gone on a bit. But I understand that it was written in rhyming couplets and it's a play and it's a musical so I did get that. And some of the songs were sweet. Not as beautiful as the letters, though, which were absolutely amazing. But it was so well acted. And there was a point where Ben Mendelssohn does sing and put on a really long, dark black cape and walk around and be a bit like, Phew. I was like, ooh, ooh, oh, this was what I paid money to see. Yay, I needed that. I also found out exactly how many people were in the cinema with me because for the first time since we've all probably been back and everything, I sneezed quite loudly. I had no control over it and everyone turned around and was like oh I'm so sorry and I looked and I was like one two three four five six seven eight nine ten okay there's ten people here with me <laughs> but no Cyrano was the perfect distraction for that day last week well week four but you know it was nice to actually have your mind taken off home thinking so that you anxiety relax for a little bit of time then probably not the best choice afterwards to pick to watch um, was The Report. I've still got Prime. My parents have not got rid of it yet. Thank God for that. So I was sitting there busy going, like, oh, I don't want to watch an oscar film, but I want to watch something that is going to be quite intense. So I put on The Report because I do like a legal film drama and US politics and things like that, mainly because of being a teenager who decided to binge all of 24. <sighs> Good old days. Apart from when my mum used to come in halfway through like season three and be like, what's going on? Like, no, not now. No, 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 no. Because I've got like two seasons worth of explaining to do. Anyhow, I digress. So, but actually that's kind of key because obviously as someone that grew up watching 24, I've seen a few horrendous torture scenes in film and in TV. They're not, not you sit there and you feel very uncomfortable. And I was sitting there watching a report and there was one point where they were torturing someone. And I was like, I'm really not enjoying watching this. And 
that's what makes it good. Um, it's Anne Driver's best performance I've seen. No doubt. Absolutely. 100%. Better than Marriage Story. Better than Black Clansman. Oh, it was just... Oh, it was amazing. It was brilliant. And I get the point of it and everything that happens like that and why governments do that. But it is really bad and it is really dodgy. And just trying to get that through and all the work and effort and people trying to solve it and just, oh, there's so much going on. And the fact that it ended up with, uh, like, the real Senate footage as well, that was pretty cool. <sighs> then the MCU reform continued. And we're up to Captain America, the Winter Soldier. <sighs> and I sat in my hoodie watching it, busy screaming, Go on, Bucky! Go on, Steve! Go there! Oh, it's... I always say this, and... The more I've said it, more people have actually agreed with me. Uh, the Winter Soldier is not a Marvel film. It's an action film that just happens to be set in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Okay, you need a bit of a backstory as to who Bucky is. Otherwise, it's like, what, why do we care about this guy standing with his one arm? However, or who um, Peggy is um, for that little bit. Um, but it, you could watch it as a standalone, just about. But it is the best action film the MCU have ever done. There's not as much CGI randomness go. It's a story that you could actually believe could happen if superheroes were around. You know, if there's not an alien coming out of the sky. They could, they could have frozen someone somewhere and trained them up to be a super assassin. You know, that's a very plausible thing to happen. It's so good. It really is. <laughs> Uh, so much so that it was actually on telly during the week. I was waiting to watch the football one day and it was like, oh, oh it's match of the day on. No, it's not. Oh, what's on instead? Oh, oh it's Captain America. Oh, oh, oh no, because that's more my list. It's my next one. No, no, don't watch it. Don't watch it. I did. I did not watch it. And then I did watch it like three days later. Uh, yeah. Oh. This film was actually the thing that started because I watched... Um, this all of this all those years ago because I watched the Hunger Games film and then I watched Captain America afterwards and I was like I best keep a track of what films I'm watching so I decided to set up my blog so so Captain America Winter Soldier is partly responsible for you all listening to this <laughs> then I went and saw The Duke uh, Jim Bourbon and Helen Mirren um, the stealing of the Duke of Wellington painting by Goya from the National Gallery I've been and seen that painting I walked past it and went, ah, it's a Goya. But I was more heading into the room next to it where it had um, the painting of the boats um, sit there from uh, Skyfall and go, it's just a big ship. <laughs> it was very clever. It was very sweet. Uh, Matthew Good's really good. Is he good or good? I've never quite got that. Anyhow, he was good. Broadbent was so sweet and charming. Mirren was lovely. And then I was really upset because about 20 minutes before the end, they reveal something. I just sat there and I was just like, oh, no, why didn't I work that out? No. I felt angry at myself. <laughs> but now it was a really good Monday evening at the cinema watching that. It was made you laughing, made you go like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I had fun watching it. I liked it. Um, then I went and saw Dog. I'll talk to you about dog later on. 
not not in the big review, but in something else that I went that we need to discuss in a bit. But I had a friend that had seen it before me. She saw it on the Thursday, and I was meant to go and see it on the Friday. And then that was the Friday when we had that huge storm, Storm Eunice. Remember that? Remember when we got upset about storms? That was our main problem in the world. <laughs> oh, if only. <laughs> um. So yeah. She was, and then she was like, oh, I can chat you about my... No, my cinema was shut due to the storm. She's like, why am I? It's in the middle of the ocean. She, that's a good point. My cinema's not in the middle of the ocean. It's on a marina. But, you know, 90 mile an hour winds coming off the sea from the coast. It's not happening. Um, so I went to go and see it on Thursday. And I knew it was going to be predictable. And I knew exactly what was going to happen and what was going to go and what was going down and everything. And that would be funny and that would be sweet and whatever. And then it got to the end. And I was like, no, I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. And he puts that car in reverse. And I just sat there and cried. <laughs> so it did its job. Oh, Tatum was good. Tatum was actually pretty good at acting and directing because he directed it as well. Um, that dog's so sweet and it's so clever. And Kevin Nash isn't a good actor, but it was quite funny when he turned up. He's like, hey, we got to lay the smack down on someone. I know that's a rock, but, you know. But no, that was... That was nice. That was a nice Thursday evening start to wind down before we get to the weekend kind of vibe. So I'm very happy I finally saw that. Um, I then went on to my Oscar collection, my award season, and um, watched The Lost Daughter, which is on Netflix. It's a Maggie Gyllenhaal film with Olivia Colman and Jessie Buckley. Uh, Jessie Buckley deserves every single award under the sun for Best Supporting Actress. She's not going to get it. It's going to go to the girl from West Side Story. We all know that. Um, but she was brilliant. Um, Coleman was good. But there were bits about Coleman's character, which I think it was because of the way it was filmed. But there was points to start with where you're just like, you're really weird. I mean, you see why she becomes weird via the flashbacks. I mean, you sit there and just think, yeah, you're weird, but... I can understand why, but when why are you so weird to everyone else? Why has that been had a lasting effect on you? It was also weird seeing Ed Harris, but not seeing Ed Harris as a villain. Ed Harris is just a supporting character. That was a bit odd. Um, and I also just really wanted to go back to Greece. <laughs> I was sitting there watching all the stuff going on in Greece, thinking, oh, oh, why am I not on holiday? Why am I here? <laughs> why am I not on a beach somewhere having a pina colada? <laughs> it's not fair. So, yeah. I mean, it was good acting, but, okay, maybe it's because I don't have kids, but I didn't connect to Olivia Coleman. I didn't even link Olivia Coleman to something that my parents or a friend's parents would do to their kids, maybe because none of them had done that. So I found that very weird. And, yeah, we're back to this question. Do a couple of really good acting performances actually make a film good when the rest of it's kind of, you know, that's a fair question. So, then I went to go and see the Batman. And you'll find out about that in about 10 minutes or so time when it's my big review. <laughs> and I was out on Saturday, so I watched Batman. And I didn't come home and watch the MCU at because I was out with friends. Um, and then on Sunday, I was sitting there and I was like, mm-hmm, what should I watch? I'd watched all the Peaky Blinds, so it was about 90-odd minutes winding down, going to bed. And I was like, you know what? I'll put The Life of Brian on. I haven't seen it for a couple of years. 
I could do with a laugh, I could do with a giggle, I could do with something just to be on in the background while I'm thinking about what I need to do in the next week and what I need to sort out. So, yeah, I put on Life of Brian. It's hilarious. It's timeless. Okay, some of it's now really dodgy, but it's Python. And as a Brit, I think you're kind of, like, built into your DNA from your birth that you get Python or you don't. And for those that don't, oh, I feel very, very sorry for them because it's marvellous and it's brilliant and it's fantastic. <sighs> He's not the Messiah. He's a very naughty boy. I'm not the Messiah. You are the Messiah, my lord. I should know. I followed a few. Ah. Oh. <laughs> Always look on the bright side of life. <sighs> I can't whistle, so that's just me trying to blow air. But yeah. So that's what I watched in the last fortnight. That's a lot of films. Actually, it wasn't really, considering, you know, only 10 and then 9 to chat about you. I mean, I've gone on a bit more than I normally have here. But, yeah, that's what I've watched in the last two weeks. Hopefully you found some things there that you want to see and that you want to hunt down. What have you been watching at home and at the cinema? Guess what you've been listening to, right? (laughs) Seven weeks. Bruno has been number one for seven weeks. It's now, it's actually at the point where I'm sitting there looking at people that know nothing about Encanto and nothing about film. And they mention something to do with Bruno and literally you just wait for the entire room to just go, oh, no, 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 no. Because <laughs> everyone knows it. Even my dad has worked it out now. But yeah, we don't talk about Bruno. It's now the number one for seven weeks. It's getting a little bit boring now, if I'm honest. <laughs> Sorry, Bruno, but it is. <sighs> That's a pity. Right, let's talk about what you've been watching at home first, then, shall we? There's been all sorts of bits moving all up and down because obviously we had an extended half term. We had horrendous storms and all sorts of stuff that's going on. So, yeah, let's have a look as to what you've all been watching, shall we? So, for the week ending 23rd of February, number one in the home streaming and DVD chart and watching was House of Gucci, which leapt up the list of the chart. I'm guessing it was linked to people thinking it was going to get oscar nominated and then it just didn't <laughs> um encanto dropped to number two the kingsman rose to number three june stayed at four ghostbusters was at five no time to die was at six eternal was at seven venom let there be carnage at eight the boss baby two at nine and fast and furious nine was at ten uh king richard entered the chart at number 12 um re-entry for the Crudes and New Age, um, Grown Ups and uh, Crime Match were also new entries in that week. Um, there was also a few other um, kids films that re-entered, um, Hotel Transylvania, um, Fantastic Beasts, Spirits Untamed, Sing, Adam's Family, yeah. So it was still part of Half Term that week, so that's very interesting to see if that was there, but it was interesting to see if House of Gucci then went back, went up to number one. Then the following week, ending the 2nd of March, um, The Kingsman, despite the fact it's been out for about five weeks, um, leapt up to number one in the chart, which was very, like, oh, okay, really? I'm guessing word got round. I think it was also a big, like, premiere on Disney+, Plus, and it came out on time for a short time at that point. So I think that's why it leapt up so high. So good on it. Gucci dropped to number two. Encanto was at three. June was at four. No Time to Die at five. 
Ghostbusters at six, Paw Patrol at seven, Venom at eight, Eternals at nine, and Fast and Furious nine at ten. So that was very interesting to see what happened there. There was re-entries for Ant-Man and Rodale and the Kingsman um, triple threat box set with all three films on it. So that was a very interesting thing to see there. Um, also, the Jurassic Park films all re-entered the chart, which is very interesting to see. But yeah, that is a very interesting chart that, you know, it's suddenly gone from being... Ah, it's this film and that film to suddenly back. Oh, and Greatest Showman. Greatest Showman let back up into the charts. So that was interesting too. Right, so that was your home viewing. Now for your cinema viewing. No change. <laughs> no change for two weeks at all. I mean, we all know about what's going to be number one this week when we get to that chart eventually. We'll won't tell you next week. Oh, I've just spoiled something there for you. Ooh, some of you might have picked up on that. Um... So, number one for weekend of the 18th to 20th of February was still uncharted. It took £5.1 million. Pounds. Uh, Sing came in second, that took 4.2. Death on the Nile was third with 1.83. Uh, the highest new entry was Dog, which took 1.1 million at four. Belfast took 1.02 at five. Spider-Man No Way Home took 800,000 at 6. Jackass took 700,000 at 7. Marry Me took 400,000 at 8. Clifford the Big Red Dog took 200,000 at 9. And Encanto still took 112,000 at 10. Uh, the Beatles um, TV show was released that week and that was on um cinema so that was re-entered back into that um also after all the BAFTA nominations there's been a few films that have come back out in the cinema for a small amount of time so um No Time to Die came back out um The House of Gucci Boiling Point um Nightmare Alley came back as well so it was interesting to see that that was about a bit what had happened for that week but Uncharted stayed strong for that weekend as it did from the following weekend, from the weekend of the 25th to the 27th, Uncharted took £4.1 million at the box office. Uh, second place again was Sing, taking 3.5. The Duke was the highest new entry, which took 1.3 at 3. Death on the Nile took a million at 4. Dog took 800,000 at 5. Spider Man No Way Home took 700,000 at 6. Cyrano took 500,000 at 7. Belfast took 400,000 at 8. The 15th anniversary of The Godfather came in at 9, and that took 350,000. And Gangbai which I've just probably completely mispronounced, and I'm so sorry to anyone. That, like that film and I've got it wrong took 327,000 at 10 um, Studio 66 vs Foo Fighters documentary um, entered at number 13 it had a very limited release but it was nowhere near me anyhow um, and also where was it it's just disappeared off my screen The Strange Case of Dr Jack and Mr Hyde which was the first national theatre thing that was done live since um, theatres and cinemas have all been back to normal, that entered at 19 in the chart. Again, it's a very eclectic taste of that being the case, but that's interesting to see. 
So yeah, you can you can tell that people are going back to the cinema and because you know figures are staying high, aren't they? Yeah, for the top five, the rest of it's all dropping off and suggesting the rest of us. Um, but it's very interesting to see that that's the case. It's also interesting to see that Encanto as fire. Uh, I think it is no longer in. Oh no, Encanto is still in cinemas. Encanto was number seventeen to fifty six thousand uh, last weekend. But it's very interesting to see that that is what's going on with uh, viewing at the cinema. Um, that Tom Ho- Tom Holland, I think, has been number one for every single week of this year. Oh, no, there was a week where it wasn't, wasn't there? Yeah, I'm just going to have a, a quick look. Hang on two seconds. Oh, no, no, there was one week where he wasn't number one. West Wing was number one, so that's fine. But, yeah, so you've been watching Uncharted, Sing 2, House of Gucci, Kingsman, and Encanto, which... Yeah, that sounds like a pretty good week, if I'm honest. <laughs> so, well done, people. Good mixed viewing. Well done. So, normally, this is when we talk random stuff, or we've been talking award season recently and things like that. But today, I'm going to talk to you about two things that have happened to me in the last fortnight while I've been at the cinema. One positive, one not so. So, I just want to have a chat and just want to get some stuff off my chest, really. So, the first one was, I went, as I've already told you, to go and see Ali and Ava, which was in advance, and hopefully you can all get to see that at some point soon. Um, and I went in, and I hadn't had popcorn for freaking ages, and I just thought, you know you know what, this week, today I feel is a popcorn day. I didn't think it was a popcorn film, but I just felt, no, I, I want to treat myself. So, I bought a bag of popcorn, and... I used my unlimited card and I was trying to use my gift card that I got from my boss to get popcorn for free and it wasn't working and the guy was like, oh, oh this isn't, well, sorry, we'll try on different tools. So we did that and it didn't work again and then he went to go and get manager while well, he was waiting for the manager to come down and work out why the gift cards weren't working. Uh, we were just chatting he's like, oh, so what are you here to see? I was like, oh, Ali and Ava. And he's like, oh, that's the advanced screen. I'm like, yeah, he's like, how many of the advanced screens have you seen? I'm like, well, I've missed two so far this year, but other than that, I've been to all of them. He's like, oh, that's pretty good. And he's like, oh, we, we think we might have some bigger films coming up soon, which will be advanced screens. like, oh, okay, yeah, what about this? What about that? And so, like, yeah, 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 right. And then he started talking... Well, I think we moved on to some size sci-fi stuff or maybe something like that or big screens. And then we started talking about things being streamed and talking about Disney Plus and the fact that there's so much to watch. And we ended up having like a 20-minute chat about Star Wars. <laughs> and there was no one else waiting to go into the cinema. And I got there really early because there was no traffic at all. And yeah, it wasn't 20 minutes. I'd say it was a good 10 minutes while the manager was sorting out my gift card chatting about Star Wars and the Obi-Wan series and whether it's worth me watching all of the Book of Boba Fett to catch up with the Mandalorian. And he was like, actually, I think you should. And I was like, yeah, I think I should anyhow. And talking about that and then talking about um my Lego Darth Vader and he's just got a Lego Mandalorian hat thing and he was showing me his... Um, Jedi tattoos, and I was like, ah, oh, my only tattoo is my Inception one on my foot, which is really hard to show with someone when they're down my desk, and you've got like 39 layers on because it's freezing outside, and it, eventually, the gift card didn't work, and he's like, ah, oh. he's like, oh, I've got to actually go back to work now, so I'm chatting to you, I'm like, yeah, my film actually starts in three minutes now, so thank you, and yeah, that was just, it was nice to have a real positive 
chat with someone at the cinema. And I've always sat there and gone, ah, I need to make a friend at an advanced screening, especially a secret cinema kind of one. And I did. His name is Paul. <laughs> and yeah, Paul at Cineworld Brighton a couple of Tuesdays ago. You made my evening, so thank you very much for that. And yeah, <laughs> I came and I left very, very positive. I was very positive going into the film. I was very positive coming out of it. And yeah, I had a genuinely good experience bonding with someone that was a cinema fan. And that was really amazing. And now we'll talk about the negative, shall we? So... Not with that film, a different film. So I went to go see Dog, as I've already told you. And I go as a one. It's very weird when I don't go as a one, if that makes sense. If I go to the cinema with someone else, I almost forget to take them back with me when it finishes. And someone goes, like, wow. I'm like, oh, oh, sorry, you were talking to me. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I do often forget that, especially as I'm the person with the card. Um, so it's... It feels more right if I'm going like with my parents in the cinema, one of them or both of them, because that then you know I've said to them, "You need to see this," and they've gone, "Okay, we'll come with you. You pick the time." Um, but yeah, as a one, I'm very used to it. All those years ago, sitting and being like, "Oh, I don't want to go as a one. It's really weird getting cinema on your own." No, it's just like, "Nope, I'm up for this. When do I go?" Or, or I'm up really like oh, when I'm not. <laughs> um. So, went to go and see Dog as a one. I went in and I sat down. And I was just sitting there and I was on my phone because I had a lot of news and stuff to catch up on on that day. And I got home from work and traffic had been hell and I'd had dinner and I hadn't even touched my phone. I meant just left straight from the cinema. I hadn't even washed up and got to the cinema in good time. I just well, I'm here now, so I'll just be on my phone checking what's going on. And couple of people came in and they sat down in their seats and like, oh okay yeah that's fine da, da. and then a group of five walked in and they walked past my row and one of them very loudly said oh my god how sad and pathetic do you have to be to go to the cinema on your own and I've had a few comments before when people have asked me if I'm okay at the cinema on my own or Am I waiting for friends? And I've explained, no, I'm not, and all of this, whatever. But that, I'm not sure why. Maybe it's with everything that's going on in the world. That just hit more of a chord on that Thursday than it normally does. And it hurt. And I didn't try to show that it hurt. I didn't, like, walk off and go, or go and complain or whatever. But it really hit me. I was just like, well, no. No, because the point is you're going to the cinema to watch something. You're not there to actually chat to the person next to you. You can have the occasional side comments very quietly, like, oh, oh, bet we're going to pick up a gun or, you know, do that kind of thing. Or we'll laugh together. But the p- point is you go to watch a film. And I was just like, no, 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 no. And another, about three minutes later, another one turned up. And they were sitting there front and you heard this group again go, oh, someone's on the cinema, come to the cinema. What are they doing? How sad is that? And another one walked in and it was walking upstairs and we were busy talking about, oh, oh, how pathetic do you have to go to the cinema to be one? And then the guy looked at him and he said, "Uh, can you actually move your bags? Because I'm at the end of the row you're in. And that shut them up a little bit. And I was just like, yes, 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 yes. But I was just like, no, why do you say that? I'm I'm basically, as much as they get my money in advance, it's the fact they've got my money in advance that they can buy these films to then show the rest of you 
And then you sit there and you buy your huge bag of popcorn. Okay, as much as I've just talked about in the previous film, I bought a small bag of popcorn and tried to get it with a gift card. But, you know, we've got my money in advance so that then they can definitely put on the rest of these shows for everyone else to go and see. And, okay, yeah, Cindy Well probably is sitting there going like, she's used all of her money already for the year. Why is she still coming? What's going on? But it just, it really hurt. I think it's just because of what's going on with everything at the moment that it just hurt more. It's just like, no, no, you're not having a go at me. Don't you dare. No, I don't deserve this. No, 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 no. So my question is, is going to the cinema on your own weird? <laughs> it shouldn't be. I want to normalise it. I want to try and like make people realise that actually the cinema is a good place to be on your own. You lose yourself in your own little world. There was that whole thing of Welcome Back to the Cinema thing where Denzel sits there and goes like, you're sitting in a dark room with strangers on an adventure trying to solve the world and find peace with each other while watching a film. That's exactly what going to the cinema is. It doesn't matter what film it is you see, be it Alien, Ava, the Batman, Cyrano, or The Lost City. Whatever you see is going to to transport you for a couple of hours to a different world and you're just going to sit there and find your inner peace. Like, oh, that's beautiful. They didn't enjoy the film, by the way. They didn't enjoy Dog. When they left, they were busy going like, oh, I didn't like that. Oh, no, that was really boring. So, oh, no, okay. I mean, I don't often hope that people choke on their popcorn, but... <laughs> no, they just weren't nice people and I hope I don't see them again at the cinema. Or if I do, I might actually be like, yeah, how much have you paid for your ticket today? And then I'll sit there and go, like, how much have I paid for mine? And I'll go, well, actually, buy it all in a year. I'm like, yeah, but I've already seen enough films this year to actually pay for my ticket, which is saying a lot because we're in March. (laughs) We'll actually do the maths in a minute. But, yeah. (sighs) So that's my positive and negative experience from the popcorn in the past fortnight. Yeah, it's been a bit all over the place with that, but. I just wanted to let you know that and get your opinions, really, about have you made a cinema friend? Have you ever felt intimidated by someone else at the cinema? And do you go on your own? If you can let me know, that'd be brilliant because it'll give me some peace of mind. Thank you. Time for this fortnight's big review. And it could have only been one film, couldn't it? It has to be The Batman. So there's been hype for this has been a hype for it for a very 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 long time it made my wish list for the year in fact it made it quite high up on the wish list but for some reason I wasn't hyped for actually going to see it I had to see it because well it's not my job but it's my job and yeah I've only seen one trailer in the cinema like three on tv since returning back to cinemas so that's saying a lot there's been a lot of like ah Batman's driving an Audi or Batman's on an Oreo or something like that but it's only been in like the last three days before films come out where it's been like oh the Batman's out so okay fine the run times also put me off a bit because obviously when you write your hit list you go yeah I'll go watch that and when you find out it's three hours long you think oh oh yeah this is gonna take a while to watch isn't it yeah this is gonna be a bit so yeah so i went on saturday morning because i had lots to do on saturday saturday was a big day um and it was pretty full there was a lot of people there for the 10am show and a batman 35 minutes worth of adverts and trailers was quite a bit normally you expect like 10 minutes worth of adverts and 10 minutes of trailers but there was 20 
five minutes of adverts, I think. It just it seemed they just seemed to go on forever and ever. I was like sitting there going like, come on, you know, I've got something to be this afternoon. We can get through this. Come on, people. <sighs> we got there eventually. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of people there. Someone actually thought I was in their seat. I was like, uh, no, I have this seat booked up over the last three weeks. And then they realised they were in the seat next to me. <laughs> Bless them. Um, so, yeah, I finished watching Batman. Um, and I came out and I texted my family because obviously they've all wanted to know what it's like, what the Batman film's like. And I said, right, you can have one of the following options. You can have either A casual cinema goer opinion of the film you can have b the film nerd c the nolan fan opinion because you know or d all of the above and to which my <laughs> messages back were yes yes please yeah so i'm like okay so that's all of them so as a casual cinema goer you will all absolutely adore it it's lots of Batman, there's lots of sequences, it's properly dark, Gotham's in a really cool way, the vibes right, it just, it just feels correct, it feels like it's in the correct direction for DC and it just feels really good. Uh, there's certain shots that will become absolutely iconic, there's an explosion shot and that's just like, ooh, ooh, and then there's some good imagery later on, you just think, yeah, yeah, that's good, yeah, that's cool. And it will, in years to come, people have that framed on their wall and be like, oh, oh, I remember going to see the Batman. And be like, yeah, yeah, you did. Uh, Robert Patterson's absolutely brilliant as Batman. Um, and I'm a huge member of the Colin Farrell fan club anyhow, but Colin Farrell's Penguin's amazing. There are points where behind all of that makeup, you then just see a little glint of him and you just think, ooh, yeah, you're brilliant, aren't you, mate? Uh, everyone else is pretty good as well. Um... But yeah, uh, as a casual person that, you know, gets to watch a blockbuster every now and again, you know, that will go and watch these films and will go because it's Batman, you will enjoy it. It is pretty good and it's very clever and it's very interesting. And B, as a film nerd connoisseur, it's too long. <laughs> there was an obvious point where I even thought we were going to get about five maybe ten minutes more of wrapping up and then I looked at my watch and thought oh, okay we must be near and looked and it said like it was five to one I was like mm, that means we've still got another 35 minutes at least of this film and then something else happened and we went on to a different thread it was like oh okay and then that section ended with a nice bit of imagery which was pretty which will become iconic and I looked down thinking, okay, so we're going to go to black and we're going to start doing trailers, uh, the credits, not trailers. Um, and then I kept going. I was like, another, what? Now we're wrapping up? Okay. So another 10 minutes after that. So it is quite long. Um, yeah, we, they could have, I understand why they kept going, but did it add anything to it? Not really, not that. I think it did. There was a pretty obvious place where it could have ended and that was would have been pretty cool and pretty like, oh, okay, yeah, that's fine. But I think it was just, as much as it still told a story, it was just a, do we need that, really? Okay, fine. Um, as someone that likes a dark, moody, atmospheric film, it's pretty good. 
However, there were points where due to the rain and the darkness and the fact that at some points due to the cinematography it was chosen that certain things were going to be blurred, I did sit there and think, hmm, it's a bit blurry. Am I meant to be seeing this? This is especially one point where someone's busy being tortured or being prepped for torture. And I couldn't see it and I was just sitting there going like, this is actually quite key. Either like, no, not pan there or don't have it be that blurred. It was just a bit like, hmm, okay, that's a shame. I thought we needed to see that moment because it was pretty key, especially as then in a minute it was something else that was going to happen. It was like, oh, okay. I understand up until that point with those kind of shots, we hadn't seen the things that had been going on, but the fact that we were seeing it, did it have to be out of blur? Mm. <sighs> yeah. So as a film nerd, as much as I appreciate some a lot of the cinematography for that film, there were moments where I was sitting there going, are we doing that? Really? Okay, fine. And then on to C. You all know by now, I adore Christopher Nolan. <laughs> I really do. And the Dark Knight trilogy is the greatest Batman trilogy. Well, it's the greatest trilogy of all time, I think. Okay, probably not The Godfather. But, <laughs> and Toy Story mucked itself over by having Toy Story 4 and not being a prequel a trilogy. So, yeah, the Dark Knight trilogy is the best trilogy of all time. And there were moments in it where it nodded towards that and there were certain things that were going on. It's just like, oh, okay, yeah, Nolan, yeah, I, I can see where we've picked this up from. And okay, yeah, Batman's, you're, you're written into a corner because, you know, he's the Dark Knight, he fights in the shadows, it's not at night, it's dark and mysterious and Gotham is full of crime and it's meant to be dark and moody. But there were certain points where it's just like, Ooh, oh, okay. Yeah, I can see where you've gone through for none. I mean, it's good enough and it stands alone, but it's not, you know, you've watched some films, you think, okay, you're a carbon copy of something else. You know, you look at some of the Marvel introductions and you just think, yeah, that's the same as the last one. Yeah, that's the same as that. Yeah, we've got an issue here. Yeah, that's from this textbook. And so you can see that with that Batman and a couple of other Batman films as well, but it is because of the subject matter. However, I still think that, okay, no one had three films to do it. He told an epic story within those three films. So whether this is going to keep going, it'll be interesting to see. There's potential for it. Um, but there, is, there are moments that you just think, yeah, that's pretty cool. And then there are some moments when you sit there, there was one moment where I sat there and went, no, no, I wouldn't have done that. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. That was the first time where I actually genuinely, my inner monologue said that. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. You can't be saying that, girl. So overall... That's pretty darn good. <laughs> um, I'm probably harsh on it because, you know, there's all this hype and, you know, we've waited a whole long time for it and it's been reimagining a Batman and it's got to be dark and it's got to, they've got to get it right. And they pretty much did. It's my own self-doubt and my own nerdiness that's marking it down a little bit and I can see why people will absolutely do it. Um, it's not actually three hours. Once you take away the credits, there isn't an end credit scene. Um... But it's 2 hours 47, so that is still quite a long time. Plus 35 minutes worth of adverts beforehand <laughs> and trailers. So if you really do want to see it, go see it. If not, wait for it to be on Sky Cinema <laughs> or Now TV or whatever your streaming service is because it will be on there and it will be the most watched thing probably at the end of the year, definitely. But yeah, for Batman, it lived up. It did. I wasn't disappointed by it and I had fun watching it. So yeah, that's what I thought of the Batman, and that was pretty darn good. Mm-hmm.
for this fortnight's podcast thank you all so much for listening it's always really 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 appreciated and as i said at the start if this has distracted you from what's going on in the world that's absolutely fine we're gonna have a change awards are being handed out next weekend next weekend is the baftas therefore next week on the 16th you will get the next podcast then you will have normal two-week gap and then you'll get one on the 30th of march as well for the oscars and then we will go back to where we should be so then it'll be the 6th of april so yeah next week i plan on giving you a podcast because otherwise the baftas and the oscars chats going to be well and truly out of date so that's the plan you know where to find me by now it's popcorn underscore four underscore one on twitter instagram and letterboxd and it's popcornfor1.co.uk for the actual blog to read everything that i've been watching and see how i'm getting through my backlog thank you all so much for listening look after yourselves and each other give people hugs be nice be kind and just yeah be you love you take care bye